Hey, everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. Today is March 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking with Courtney Cox. What a year it's been for the actress. She reunited with the cast of Friends for an Emmy-nominated reunion, returned as Gail Weathers for a fifth Scream movie, and she now headlines Starz's new horror comedy series, Shining Dale. But before we get to Cox, let's take a look inside the pages of Variety. In this week's Just for Variety column, Outlander star Sam Hewen breaks Celine Dion news. Hewen tells me that the singer has recorded a new song for his upcoming romantic drama, Text for You. Dion actually appears in the film, which also stars Priyanka Chopra Jonas as a woman who grieves the death of her boyfriend by sending texts to his phone. Hewen tells me he was very impressed with Dion's comedy chops. But does Hewen get in on the singing? He teased, I can't possibly say. Check out more of my chat with Sam Hewen when the next episode of Just for Variety drops later this week. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to Courtney Cox. She stars in the new Stars series, Shining Dale. She plays a novelist with writer's block who moves to Connecticut with her family for new beginnings after her husband, played by Greg Kinnear, catches her having an affair. Pat is also a recovering alcoholic who believes the house that they bought is haunted by ghosts, including one played by Mira Servino. I talked to Cox about her return to television after her successful run on the iconic Friends and Cougar Town. Plus, she opens up about that surprise death in the new Scream movie, as well as her new home goods line, Home Court. I spoke to Cox over Zoom from her home in Los Angeles. So let's talk ghost stories. The show is so great. My husband and I watched it. We okay. really, it's really so much fun. We're both recovering alcoholics, so it even was even more fun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so tell me, I imagine you get scripts all the time. Like, you know, they want Courtney Cox on a TV show. How do you figure out one? who's reading them, two, what do they know to show you, and what resonated with Shining Bell that said, you know what, I should do this? Well, I guess I do get scripts for television shows, and usually they're not something that either it's not challenging enough, or it's not, it's, it's, you know, I find sitcoms just not that funny anymore. I don't know why I feel bad to say that, but what? just that, you know, I come from such an iconic sitcom where, you know, every, it still holds up and it's so funny. And uh, it was so relevant to everyone's, you could just imagine, every, we've all been there in our thirties when we're trying to figure our, figure our life out. But other ones that try to do it, just, I, I would be really afraid to ever do another sitcom because I don't want to ever be compared to friends. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to, at one point, I wanted to go really far off of being anything like Monica and do a drama, which I did with Dirt. Um, oh, I love, I, 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 I love Dirt so much. Did you really? I, I, remember, I remember going to the premiere because, I mean, there was in my previous parts of my career, I worked for Us Weekly. I worked for New York Magazine, New York Daily News. So... You know, I personally think that if it was more based on an Us magazine, a little bit more of a, you know, a little, well, not that Us is trashy, but a little bit more um, 
you know, like a daily mail kind of thing. I, I, yes. I like that. I think it's a little ahead of its time, but you know, yes. with more, it seemed like she worked for Vanity Fair and I don't think that was the original idea. I think it should have been <laughs> like, um, you know, cutthroat, not so intellectual. Um, but, but if I'm remembering correctly, Stormy Daniels. Oh, Stormy Daniels. Um, yes. <laughs> with Stormy Rick Daniels, Fox. You're right. Uh, this is <laughs> with Rick Fox. Oh my God. And that scene in the hot tub. Okay. <laughs> and I remember interviewing Stormy. I was at EM Mine at the time and I mm. interviewed Stormy. And she told me she had brought her own, um, as we call them, adult toys. <laughs> Stormy. And oh, then, adult toys uh, for, for dirt? For dirt, whatever wow. she was doing to Rick needed. I didn't know it, uh, that needed anything. I, mean, I thought it was yeah. just a hot tub yeah. and story. <laughs> That's really and funny. Then, and then I remember then I met Rick. It was like a couple of weeks later on a different carpet for something else. And I'm like, I'm Mark Malkin. I spoke. He's like, oh, you're in the <laughs> And then when Stormy Daniels became what she became, I remember going, wait a minute. And I remember telling people, I'm like, she was on Courtney Cox's show, Stormy Daniels is on dirt. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. I forgot. <laughs> um, so um, after that, I just, um, I wanted to, I just kind of didn't work there for a long time. Well, no, that's not true. What am I saying? I did Cougar Town for six years. Cougar but Town, after right. that, because I really liked Cougar Town, I think Bill Lawrence is, is a really smart, smart guy, great writer. Um, so after that, I, I, it was another thing where I'd done 10 years on Friends, six years on Cougar Town. Um, I only did two on Dirk, but I also think it was um, a lot to do with the fact that there was a writer strike. But nevertheless, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And when this script came along, the fact that Sharon Horgan, who I'm such a fan of, I mean, I loved Catastrophe. She's so smart. I love, she's so quippy and uh, she plays it all so real, but yet funny. So it's it's heightened in the most grounded way. Mm -hmm. um, and Jeff Astroff, who worked on Friends. I mean, he I knew how talented he was. So I was really excited to read it. And then when I did, it just like, what about a woman in her fifties? You get to deal with mental health, um, you know, she's recovered alcoholic, but not in the way she needed to be. I mean, she didn't, um, I don't have any episodes you've seen, but anyway, uh, she's got a teenage daughter. She uh, has an affair and wants to try to get her family back together, but she's depressed and she's bored and she has, you know, she's got writer's block and, you know, then they move into this house to start all over and, and it's haunted by really dark, person who, you know, Mira Servino plays her beautifully, but she's a fifties housewife that, I mean, when you learn later, some of the stuff, the reason why she's haunting the house, it's pretty incredible. So everybody thinks she's lost her mind, um, Pat, my character. And, um, and that's really frustrating, but also adds for a lot of comedy the, between, especially Terry and Pat, Greg Kinnear's character. So I don't know, I just thought it was so different a dark comedy, also a, a psychological kind of thriller, and you know, dealing with such real topics. So it was the most layered character I've ever been able to play. How do you find that? I mean, I guess 
the writing and then your acting, but finding that balance of you are this real character with real life issues, but she's seeing ghosts. Like, how do you make sure that the real life issues are handled with care and empathy, but then you have to play into like, is she just drunk? Is she just crazy? What is happening? I think everything just needs to be played really real. There is mm. uh, just, she sees a ghost, she sees a ghost. And some of the dialogue makes it, you know, there's a scene when I run upstairs and try to tell Terry that there's a ghost and he's so um, enthusiastic and he's so detailed. I mean, I, you know, he talks about the wood. He doesn't know if he's, it was a, you know, is it an ax or is it a, you know, he's, <laughs> he gets so specific and it's, it is for my character so annoying. I mean, it probably was really cute at the beginning. And now it's like, oh my God, I know you went to Penn. Oh my God. It doesn't matter what room it is, but it, it makes for comedy and it makes for real life relationships. What we fall in love with at the beginning doesn't always turn out to be the cutest part of them later on. So, um, Great. Greg Kinnear, I have such a soft spot for him because when he did talks, remember talk soon? Oh yeah. I had a crush on him and I moved to Connecticut thinking of talking about moving. It was not, I was very young. I was going to work at a local newspaper. I'm this gay Jew from New York living in southeastern Connecticut. There are no gay Jews, there are no Jews, there are no gays, there's nothing. <laughs> And I would just watch Talk Soup. That's when he was on and it got me through it because I had such a crush on him. Oh, he is adorable and he's really funny. And I, you know, I remember him on that show. He was great. Yeah. So how often, I mean, when you say he's playing a woman in her 50s, how often does Hollywood come to a woman in her 50s and say, I want you to play a realistic woman in her 50s? Well, I pretty, I'm pretty sure this character was written for someone in their 40s. And I and I, I don't know what happened with the actor that, I mean, I could be wrong, but this is this remember, this is what I remember. Um, mm. And I don't know what happened, but then they changed it to a woman in their 50s, which is great because that's when your midlife crisis really happens. That's when yeah. you know, menopause, the whole thing can, that's what they keep blaming it on. Oh, it's hormones. It's, but right. it's a lot more than that. And, and you know, it's, that's what I am. So, you know, so listen, kind of, I, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm 52 and I've never been happier. You're able, like, when everyone's like, oh, midlife's 40, I'm like, mm, not yet. Mm -mm. Or not it's, anymore. It's, <laughs> no, no. And it, you, you have realizations. And, you know, my big thing this week not to turn this into a therapy session, but I said to my husband this morning, I said, you know what I'm sick of people doing and I'm not gonna do it anymore. When you meet someone and another person tries to tell you what you should think of them, mm -hmm. they have the, and constantly what I've realized is that people spoil your chance to get to know someone. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me to this age to realize like, you know what? Because there's, there's this person I've become very dear friends with who when I was first met this person, everyone spoiled me against them and had such bit and just, and I said to my husband this morning, I said, I don't think I could have seen that at a younger age. I would have just, I have no idea where I'm going here, Courtney. I know, just but I, I really, yeah, but I love that because I was just talking to my partner about, you know, 
thinking about Coco and some of the things that she's dealing with. And, and, it, and I, I relate to it like codependency and all this stuff. And it's not until I got into my 50s did I connect with the right therapist that actually made me see things in a different way? And I thought, yes. God, I wish, I wish you don't have, I wish for Coco, she doesn't have to wait until my age to really understand how do we, you know, and the fact that she can talk about it. And I don't know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. So much changes and it takes a long time to go, ding, I get it. And for so long, we're told that we should have our shit together beforehand. So every time we don't have the answers in our third, forget about 20, in our 30s and our 40s, it feels like, oh shit, I don't have my shit together. And it's like, it's so late. Yeah. And you feel like you're, you know, you feel like you're failing at it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, it's okay to have your shit together when you're early 50s. And it feels so good. And I understand what you're saying with Coco, like, you know, the interns in our office who are, you know, 23, 24. You know, I, re I love mentoring and I love sitting them down. And I said, I understand I'm going to tell you not to worry about something and it's not going to mean anything because you're still going to worry. Absolutely. And that's okay. That's okay. But yeah. the fact is you're going to make it. I don't know if we didn't go through what we went. If, if Coco, could, <laughs> I'm putting it on Coco, but if she, if you were able to convince her, like, you don't have to go through all this, you're going to get on the then how do you get to the other? I don't know. I'm, I, wow. I think you're I'm right. So, I, you know, I think you can't say to people, this is going to mean nothing to you later. You just right. got to <laughs> empathize and say, I remember this and it means everything. Right, and you're right. right. It, it wouldn't be, you know, we had to go through all those things in order to be where we are now and to appreciate the knowledge we have and, and appreciate just life mm. in the way that I feel like I do now. I mean, so you... Not all of it's fun, but. <laughs> We're going to take a short break right now, but when we return, Cox talks about her return to Scream, the death of one of the franchise's most beloved characters, and her new line of home goods. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Here's more of Courtney Cox. No, listen, it's especially these past two years. I mean, it's just, it's been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare for all of us, no matter who you are, different levels, and it's all relative work. But you, I mean, look, you had a friend's reunion, mm -hmm. which I probably asked you about 15,000 times every time I saw you on a carpet. Um, Jen, obviously, I've asked a gazillion, when's it happening? When's it happening? So you have friends and you have Scream. Mm -hmm. It's pretty incredible that it all happened in this time period. Is it wild? Well, you know, I, I, was, I was actually in New York just last week promoting Shining Veil. And I have a product line that I've done during this yep. pandemic. And all I, I left the hotel and there's paparazzi and there's, I was signing all these you know, pictures of old things I've done, which I thought that one might be over. Who on earth is... How much could they get for those things? I mean, a picture of me in Masters of the Universe. I mean, it's got to be like worth about ten dollars. But nevertheless, I thought, oh wow, I'm, how did I get popular again? Which is weird. I mean, I but I guess the world's opened up and now people are out. But it was kind of this has been a really big time for me. 
I, like you said, I did the friends reunion, which, which was incredible. And it meant so much. And it was so, I was so emotional around it. And I loved seeing everybody and God, I really appreciated this, these relationships and the show that I was on. Um, and then I had Shining Veil, which is what's coming out. So I did a lot of press for that, but this product line, I mean, and Scream came out and that did really well, but this product line has already come out and it's called Home Court and it's sold out the first day and we can talk about that, but I just think this, this has been such a intensely perfect time for me. I mean, it really has reinvigorated me for on acting and just doing what I love to do. Was there ever a time, you know, I, I, I talked to uh, Nicole Kidman for the podcast um, recently and she talked about there were moments in her career where she felt Hollywood was putting her out to pastor. Oh, wow. Do you, did you ever feel like that? Did you ever feel like, you know what? They don't, they don't have the space for me and I've got to figure out the space for myself. I would say the years after Cougar Town, trying to find the right thing and not really, I, I didn't feel very relevant at the time. And, you know, I was focusing on something else. I was focusing on my relationship and didn't focus as much on it, on the, on the business side of things. And I think that you do kind of out of sight, out of mind. Mm. And yeah, I think a lot of it was my fault, but I think also once I kind of weren't, wasn't driven, uh, mm. I think they probably forgot about me for a while. <laughs> This is what I, think. I don't know. <laughs> but did you ever think Scream would come back? I mean, this new version, a version reboot, I don't know what we call it anymore. It's so genius. It works so well. And to see it come back like this, I, I, was, just... I was so surprised. I mean, look, the first one was incredible. I mean, some of them were great, but you know, they might dwindle down a little bit like any of <laughs> right, So right. Um, the fact that they approached me saying there's going to be a relaunch of the Scream franchise, I thought, who is bold enough to do that? I mean, that's really going out on a limb. Yeah. And especially without Wes Craven. But then I looked at the, uh, the, the work of Matt and Tyler and uh, Ready or Not was incredible. They, okay, they were, yeah. you know, it was funny. It was scary. It was everything. And um, then I learned that they just, that Wes was their mentor. He, they loved his work. And that was one of the reasons they started directing. And, um, you know, the writers, they have such, um, or their pedigree is, or whatever, I don't know how to say that, but um, they're wonderful writers. And Kevin Williamson being involved, the whole thing just felt like, okay. And I read it and I loved it. And uh, I mean, I don't think Gail is as sassy as she normally is, but mm. I just think the whole, I, I think what they've done is bring a whole new freshness and it's, it's hard now with Ghostface and all the things you can do. It's, it's not as easy. I mean, it's not as right, easy right. to figure him out. Um, not him, whoever it is. It is. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was really happy to do it. When you're reading the script, do you send a text to David going, oh my God, they killed you? Um, or do you let him bring it up? He may have read it first, but I mean, it was sad because 
Yeah. Dewey is such a beloved character and he's so goofy and so, you know, I thought he brought such a comedic twist to the, the whole franchise. I think that was really, that was a downer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And ne Nev told me that the, I think you and her were trying to convince them, like, maybe you should shoot something else just in case. I absolutely did. And I kind of thought they heard me. I remember being on the lawn going, I just think it's a big mistake not to have the option. I understand why you want it. It makes it really serious. Right. But then it wouldn't it be great if just the last three minutes you text from the hospital or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, I wanted that to happen. It just feels it feels strange, but so when do you, when do you start when do you start shooting the sequel to the re the relaunch? It's not a, yeah. I got the script yesterday. You did? Yeah, and I haven't read it yet. I just got it, and oh. I'm so used to getting you know shining veil scripts, which are you know 26 pages. <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> I got to read a script, <laughs> and. Um, Anyway, I'm excited to read it. And I know they're going to start filming, I think, in June in Canada. Oh, I don't know. I'm supposed to say everything. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> the killer. <laughs> um, would we ever see a Cougar Town reunion? No, I doubt it, no. But you probably said that the same thing about Friends and Scream. Well, reunion <laughs> as in, um, you know, um, maybe just talking about it. But I knew there would never be a reunion as in we're going to come back and play these scripted show right. yeah it doesn't work i mean the the writers never wanted to do that we're in our 30s we can't come back in our 50s and expect to be trying to find ourselves <laughs> right or the real the realistic thing would be you're in your 50s be like there's no way we could afford this apartment why are we in this apartment exactly <laughs> so let's talk about home court i just got my delivery you did great packaging yes great packaging smells really good where did i mean i know you're into design i know you're i mean you're pre, you're an interior designer architect uh, it, i mean i wanted to be an architect but i'm right. obsessed with interior design just right. i move all the time i change my taste all the time and uh and i'm also i love scents but um i <laughs> always layer perfumes and oils and um I think I'm great at that. I'm sorry to mm. say, but even when you don't say, by the way, don't say sorry, don't say sorry, own it. Okay. Um, I think <laughs> I put together really great sense. And even on the friends reunion, if you watch the very first time I walk in, someone hugs me right away and goes, oh, you smell really good. So um, I have been confirmed by the friends cast. Um, anyway, I'm also really clean. I mean, I think Monica, that's not that far-fetched for me. So um, during the pandemic, I wanted to originally make a candle and someone approached me about it. And I thought this is a great time to start from the ground up and really uh, sink my teeth into something I wanna do. And then during the pandemic, I love the smell of Clorox. That was so great, only because of where we were. But I thought after a while, when we found out we didn't have to wipe down every Amazon package, I thought, why not make <laughs> something that we would love to smell something that looks beautiful that you could leave out on the counter that's safe for your pets and family and friends and and something that's ecologically friendly it comes from it comes from recycled plastic that you can recycle and just everything about it i wanted to design design something that you didn't have to put under your sink but you could leave out and it looked great and uh that's what i did and there 
I, I, you know, use the best perfumeries and I use the, you know, I, I got these two people to really help me with the business end of it. And, and someone helps with the, you know, that have done this before, whether they worked for L'Oreal or, you know, the person who started with Necessaire and many other things. How far do you want to go with home court? What do you like? Are you looking at like a home you know, Courtney Cox's Bed Bath & Beyond store? Um, I don't know how far, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I will say I, <laughs> I think this is so unique and it's never been done to have beauty products for the home that actually they yeah. fit into the Sephora standard. Um, one day, hopefully we'll sell it Sephora, but um, we do have candles coming out, which is, um, I'm excited about the vessel. You know, sometimes you get a candle that smells incredible, but the vessel is so ugly that you don't want to put it on your table. Yep. And then sometimes <laughs> you get something that's beautiful that smells bad. So I think I've created a vessel that that works in any style of home. And and I love the scent. So we'll continue to bring out different scents, a holiday one. And we have a, a room spray that's a deodorizer. So it's not just an air spray. It actually right. is, you know, it's like a Febreze that smells incredible. Um, and uh, we just have, I guess we'll just continue to come out with products that, you know, make sense. I have so many thoughts about things that I wish smelled great. Um, mm. And so I just think we'll just keep, keep going. But I don't know about sheets, so what do you but you could, I mean, it's called home court. <laughs> That was Courtney Cox. Shining Veil is available through Stars. Thanks for listening to Just for Variety. Coming up next week, Sam Hewen talks the new season of Outlander, superhero movies, and going commando under his kilts. For now, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your breaking Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you next time. Mm-hmm.